0: hello and welcome to open arms church my name is sean booth and today we're starting a new four-week series called normal isn't working this is a series that is about stress anxiety worry being overworked overwhelmed fed up and just searching for relief and it's also a series about rest and peace and silence and slowing down and sabbath and following the way of Jesus that will allow us to live emotionally and spiritually healthy, even in the madness of the world that we live in. And over these next four weeks, we're going to go on a journey of discovery together, discovering the way of Jesus, because Normal isn't working, but I do believe that there is a way that does work. I believe that we can, we can follow this way in our lives that will enrich our lives and that will empower us to live spiritually mature and emotionally healthy and, and really live, as Jesus said, to live life to the full. Not full of busyness and stress and pain and pressure, but full of Jesus, full of rest, full of his goodness and his grace and his joy. You know, we've all been on a, a difficult journey over these last 12, 13 months where we have been navigating through this season of uncertainty while living in the tension of what was normal, what we knew, what, and, and the way that we used to live and versus living in the now and embracing this new life that we're living, embracing everything that comes with it, and coming to grips with the life as we know it today. And in this season... There has been somewhat of a desire to go back, a desire to go back to to what we label and what we call normal. But in fact, when you step away from it, you look at it, I believe that the normal is actually completely abnormal. It is an abnormal way of living in comparison to the life that Jesus intends us to live. You see, normal isn't working as it is causing us to be busier than ever more anxious than ever, burdened, working more, sleeping less, rest at the bottom of our priorities and where we are stressed out and many today are even burned out, needing medication just to get through the day. We've come to the point where our bodies are weary, our minds are weary, our souls are weary and we've lost the meaning of rest. We've lost the ability to be able to rest and many of us, if not all of us, are crying out for peace, where our souls are yearning for relief, where our very hearts and our minds and our bodies are looking for comfort and peace. So if that's you today and you're feeling this way, well, you've come to the right place because I believe that that change is possible. I believe that we can experience rest. I believe that there is relief to this madness and chaos that we are a part of and living in. In fact, I believe this truth that it is God's desire for you to experience rest. It is his desire that you would live a rested life, a peaceful life, a life not filled with chaos, but filled with order, with margin, and more importantly, filled with meaning. You know, God, God, when he created us, he hardwired into us the, the need for quiet and solitude and reflection and rest so that we may have a healthy soul, a healthy mind, a healthy heart and a healthy body. We all need rest. Our souls cry out for it. it our souls yearn for it. And I believe that together we can find this rest that we're looking for, that this week in the coming four weeks that we can learn through the Bible how God has mapped out the life for us to to live and how Jesus has created the way and led the way for us to follow. In order to discover this, I'm saying let's not go back Let's not go to pre-COVID, the way things were, what we were used to, or back to our old ways of living, but let's go to the beginning. Let's go to the very beginning to rediscover the life that God has created for us, the the life that he has intended for us to live. And in order for us to discover this, the most godly, biblically-based way of living is found in the perfect example of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the personification of someone who can live in the world but not be of the world. He is one who experienced pressure and stress and busyness and being overwhelmed and yet at the same time he was able to practice rest and Sabbath and follow the way of God and he made the way for us to follow even today from the first century to the 21st century. And Jesus, he spoke these words in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Eugene Peterson translated this scripture in the message translation. It says this, are you tired, worn out, burnt out in religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. But keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let me just pray for us as we begin to look into this scripture and explore this further. But Lord, I pray for every single person who's hearing my words right now. Even in what may be the busyness, the distraction, other things vying for their attention. I just pray in this moment that we would know your presence is here with us. That we would experience your peace I want to take the opportunity just to pause and to hear maybe the way that you are calling us to follow that is counterculture, but is more important than the way that we are living and that we are following. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we, we've we decided to to change things up, and we thought that a beautiful setting for this series would be this church, St. David's. It's the Church of Ireland Church in of in County, Kildare, and there's been a church on this very site from the 12th century, over 800 years ago in fact this current building in which we're standing in it was it was brought together with the old building back in 1620 merging both the old and the new together that's incredible 401 years old now 400 years ago it was a different time it was a different world it was a time where that was slower there was less stress less chaos less frantic and frazzlement in fact Those who were attending church, even in what was their modern world, they were still, even in the midst of what they may have experienced as what was busy for them, were still learning to follow the way of Jesus. I want to ask you today, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What's your life been like these days? Does it feel when you take a quick evaluation of your life, is it positive or negative? Do you feel that it's depleted or full right now? How, how are you doing? If you were to take an internal look at your, your soul and your life and your feeling and your sense and your mind and your sense of peace, would you describe it maybe as busy, as hurried, maybe packed, full, stressed, chaotic? Maybe you're feeling okay right now. Maybe in this moment, you know, you're, you're sensing calm and you're sensing peace. But let me ask you, generally, do you feel like yourself is more tired than normal? Do you maybe feel like you're needing a rest in the day more times than not? Maybe, maybe you're feeling discontent in some areas. Maybe you're feeling, when you get to the end of the day or the end of the week, you feel like drained, depleted, where you're empty and needing to experience a refill. Maybe you're feeling always on, you know, just like like it's constantly on, you can't switch off, you feel like you're never getting a chance to rest where the adrenaline and the cortisol is just running through your veins at all times, where you might be saying things like, there's not enough time at the end of my day. My list is bigger at the end of the week than it was when I started the week. I've got so much to do and not enough time to do it. Maybe when people ask you, "How's things?" How are you doing?" Maybe I'm busy," or "I'm tired of the very first two things that comes to your mind. Have you ever stopped to ask the question, "Why?" Why am I feeling like this?" Why?" Do I always end up here at this place where I'm exhausted, I'm busy, I'm drained, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I'm worrisome, I'm wearisome? Why don't we ask this question together today? Let's discover together why do we feel like this? Why is this happening? Why and how did we get here? You see, I believe that in our life we could Break up our life, or rather our day, into three core fundamentals. Where our time of the 24 hours is broken up into sleep, work, and home. I want to illustrate it with you for for a moment. Let's imagine that this here represents our time, our day. And here we have, you can see there's three core fundamentals in our day. Firstly, we have sleep. Secondly, we have work. And thirdly, we have home. Now, when we look at this, we all know what sleep is. We know why it's important. But then we look at what is the middle part is Work. Now, work for us, it can be, you know, anything from school, our responsibilities, our duties, even at home, if that's where our role is. It can be anything or tasks or things that we need to do that deplete us of our energy, but also can fulfill our passions and our purpose. Work is not bad. Work is good. And then we have our home. Our home life can be that part in our day that, that is filled with family, with fun. Maybe with our spouse or our children or our pets or, or our friends or just activities and adventure and enjoying in our day. It's the part of the day that we enjoy. It's the part where we rest, where we have fun, where we where we laugh together, where we just we look forward to it throughout the day. In fact, this should be the part in our day that we want the most of. We would want this part of our day to fill our entire day and our entire lives. Now, when you look at this representation of our lives, we could say that it is full. Of course, it's 24 hours in a day, split up in three ways, eight hours, eight hours, eight hours. It is full, but it's not packed. There is margin. There is the ability for maybe one area of the day to increase while one area of the day to decrease. There, there is margin, there is room, and it is not packed out. In fact, I would say that there's a good balance here. There's a good balance between sleep and work and home. And of course, we know that even within balance, there is time where we need to work more or at times we need to have more of our home life. And oftentimes, we still need to sleep the same or at least have a certain amount of hours that we need to sleep. In fact, let's just have a conversation about sleep. During the time that this building was built in and first established, from the 12th century, and, and the, in fact the days before that, but right up to the time of the late 1800s, people would go to bed when the sun sets and they would rise again when the sun rises. There was a natural rhythm to life. When do I go to bed? When it's dark outside. When do I get up? When it's bright outside. It was very, very natural and very normal. In fact, when you look at the, the trajectory of the year and how it flows in summer, you know, we would sleep less. We would enjoy more. There would be longer days. And in winter, we would rest more. We would sleep more. And there would be shorter days. Now, the average person, you're going to like this, the average person slept 11 hours a night. 11 hours. Can you imagine it? It's like having a Saturday morning, or what is probably now a Sunday morning for many people, lie in every single day of the week. Now, this began to change in 1879 when Thomas Edison first discovered the light bulb and it began the the dawn of a new area where man now controlled the ability to access light and in fact to determine the day man now had the ability to be able to use light to determine when I go to bed how long that I work and when I rise and how long I sleep and this began to change as you can imagine the patterns of our sleep, it began to change how we slept. But through the early 1900s, when they began rolling out electricity right throughout the world, right up to the mid-1950s, people would still go to bed relatively early. In fact, the average person would sleep an average of nine and a half hours. Still not too far from the original 11 hours in which we would sleep. Now, when we fast forward to today, the 21st century, 2021, that number has been cut down to an average of seven hours. Seven hours per person per night, and that's the average. That's the median. Often, many would sleep far less. In fact, for many, seven hours is a good night's sleep. And in almost 150 years, just two generations, we have gone from sleeping 11 hours to seven hours a night. That is a 60% decrease, a 60% a, a reduction in our sleep. Is it any wonder that we're more tired and wearisome than ever before? Is it a surprise that our bodies feel exhausted, always needing rest, exhausted all the time? Because our bodies, you know, we're, we're built to rest our bodies were built to be able to to work hard and to rest hard and to recover in a good night's sleep and this dramatic decrease in sleep when we look at ourselves just biologically physiologically and physically it it can take a dramatic effect on our bodies it can affect us to the point where it can do dramatic damage and for many it already has next we look at work. Work is, of course, important. Work is the part of our day in which, you know, we we not only provide for ourselves and we receive finances and look after our family, but also fulfills in us a, a need to, to be able to be a part of something that is, you know, something that we're fulfilling, our purpose, our passion. Now, when we look at work, I, I wouldn't need, to, you know, to tell you that you know, now more than ever, our lives are more consumed with work. We, we all know that. I don't need to argue that or debate that or show you facts. We know that. But, but what is interesting is when we look back over this previous generation, the previous generation predicted by, that by now that we would actually be working less than ever before. In 1967, famously, futurists and sociologists from all around the world, as they were studying the trends of modern humanity and technology and science they came together and they made a prediction they predicted by the early 1990s that we would be working an average of 22 hours a week for just 27 weeks a year wouldn't you love that life in fact and they also predicted that we would still have the same level of comfortability, of financial provision, that it would technology would have so far advanced that we wouldn't need to have to work as much. In fact, they thought that the greatest problem that we would have in the future is too much time in our hands. Isn't that incredible? Fast forward to today. Instead of what they predicted, the opposite has happened. We now work an average of 40% hours a week for a total of 48 weeks a year, almost twice in what had been predicted. And guess what? That's just the average. Some people not only work 40, but 50, 60, 70 hours a week, taking as few days off as possible. And the rest of the hours in the week are, are filled with worrying and thinking about work, are, are filled with the stress and anxiety and the worry that comes from work and actually maybe dealing with the sickness and the tiredness that comes from working so hard. And what happens is that we can only take so much time from sleep before it really, truly begins depleting our energy and affecting us in uh, sickness-wise and physically, that it's actually then going to hinder our work. So then the only other place and only other time in which we can take from is home, is our home life. The only other place in which we can allow work to grow and to take up the time in our day is to take it from home to take it from the area that should be filled with joy, love, and fun, and intimacy, and romance. This is the part that we should be fighting for. This is the part that we should be intentionally looking for to fill our day with, to fight for, work for, and to go after it. But unfortunately, it gets the least of our attention, and it gets the least of our time. Now let's pause for a second and go back to the very first question. Why are we feeling busy and stressed and tired and anxious? What happened? How did we get here? What happened in what has been just 150 years from to go to 11 hours to 7 hours a night in what was predicted to be where we would have to work less and enjoy more to where we're working more than ever how did this life that we're living become normal? You see, this should be normal. This is what we should be fighting for and going after, where it's a a balanced life. Of course, things change and things happen, but this is where we're we're sleeping well, where we're enjoying our work, and where then we're enjoying our home life. When did things change? How did we end up here? Well, Let's first go back to the mid-1950s, a time that was happened just after the First World War and the Second World War, now entering into a time of peace. And the people in power, they discovered from sociology and psychology that people can be manipulated and convinced to have desires for things that they don't need. Now, when they discovered this, they thought to themselves, this could revolutionize the economy. This could cause us to live more prosperous. And in fact, this could change the world itself. Where did this originate from? Well, it started with a male Jewish psychologist named Sigmund Freud. You may have heard of him before. And his ideas in which he had and how the male and female brain works and how it can be manipulated and changed, his ideas were taken by Hitler and the Nazi Party. And it was used to be able to shape the propaganda that would convince a nation to believe and do whatever they were told. And this idea was built on the premise of two basic emotions, I want and I fear. That was what it was all built upon. In fact, Freud's nephew, Edward Bernays, he, who, he was the one who first used these ideas in America, which became uh, the first capitalistic country, and he became the father of advertising. And what would happen is we would discover that advertising would become the most popular and effective propaganda that our world has ever seen or experienced. And around this time, for the very first time, the term was coined consumerism. It was first introduced in the mid-1950s. And the word consumerism, or the term consumerism, it is this defined as the protection or promotion of the interests of consumers, which is ironic because it's more about the interests of the seller than it is of the consumers. And so you remember the start when we, the start that we, mentioned about going back where by now we're all supposed to be working 20-hour weeks, maybe playing golf or just outside having fun or just enjoying our life. Only half of the year by now, still being able to enjoy a, a prosperous and comfortable life. Well, they miscalculated one important factor, and that was that we would become addicted to consumerism where the shop and the shopping center and online shopping would become the new place of worship and it would become the epicenter of our lives, replacing even spending time with our loved ones. It would come to the place where it would replace the things in which brings us joy, thinking that this would bring us joy, so much so that now we have to work harder and work longer just to be able to get more money for more things. And what's happened is we've replaced familial values for materialistic values. It has filled our lives. And this is what has happened. We, the consumer, have been consumed with consumerism. And now not only have we got these areas of our life, but now what's happened is we've become filled with stuff. Filled with things and now our lives has been centered on meeting these needs in fact one sociologist he made the point that in the western world materialism has become the new dominant system of meaning in other words that what you have and how much that you have determines how successful and how important that you are he argues that atheism has not replaced cultural christianity shopping has Dave Ramsey famously said, We spend our lives buying things we don't need, with money we don't have, to impress people we don't even like. In fact, we now are bombarded by this propaganda that Hitler and the Nazis used to be able to change a nation to try and take over the world. And this advertisement and marketing is bombarding us for thousand ads a day vying for our attention. And it's all to feed the desire that we have that fills our discontentment that I need more because it's built on I want and I fear. I want it because I fear that if I don't have it, it won't fill the need that I have. In fact, John Rockefeller, one of the richest men who ever lived, he was once asked, how much is enough? And he replied, just a little bit more. That is innate in us. That is the desire in us. And the advertisement and the companies and the large multinationals know it so much so they they know how to convince us of it. And here's the thing that we really need what we really need is not more stuff, but we need more time to enjoy what we actually have. Not more than shoes or newer shoes, not more or newer clothes or that new phone, or the computer, or the game, but to be content with what you have. Maybe the car that you drive currently, maybe the home that you live in right now, maybe then just changing everything and having to take out a loan to be able to get things that you probably don't need, but you'd like, so you're gonna go for it, that maybe this is going to destroy your life because it's gonna suck the time and the attention away from what matters. You see, what happens is we need to Rather than focusing on what others have and the life that they live, we need to embrace the life that we live, the life that we lead, and everything that we have. Now, here's the thing. I, I want you here for a second. I, I'm not saying that all this stuff is bad, right? We're, we're not anti-consumerism. We're not talking about selling everything that we have and, you know, becoming a hermit that lives in the country and, you know, sells the car and all those things. I love clothes. I love technology. I love good designs. I love good quality. I love all of these things, but I'm talking about where our lives are not consumed by them, where we're not filling our time with the pursuit of these things, where we're stealing from our home stealing from our family, stealing from our friendships, stealing from our rest and our joy and our fun just to be able to work more so that we can pay for these things that we probably don't need. Unfortunately, this is not the end of the story. I'd love to end the message here and say, you know, we need to sort this out, not have so much stuff and we can go on about our lives. But as consumerism began to rise in the 80s, and the 90s right through to the early 2000s, where Ireland in particular went from being a second world country, a developing country that was quite impoverished, where it was more about emigration than it was actually about being able to find a purpose within our own nation. It went from a second world country to becoming one of the wealthiest nations per capita in the world. At the same time, what was happening where consumerism was rising, there was a massive increase in pop culture and television and music and cinema. And it was merged together with the introduction of the internet, the dot-com boom and the massive advancement in in technology in a short space of time. And it culminated in creating and what we've become, the very thing that would fill our lives, our attention, and everything that now would fill our lives, and that is entertainment, where it would fill every single extra little space that we would have in our lives is now filled to the top. In fact, it's filled so much to the top that we often need to steal from other areas that we had not stolen before. And what we see here. Entertainment is filled every spare minute we have. So much so, while we're sitting on the toilet, while we're driving in our car, when we're waiting in the line, and in fact, when we're spending time with our family, when we're trying to connect with our spouse, when we're trying to enjoy our friends, it is filled with entertainment. It is filled with this distraction. In fact, for many, whether it's the news, Netflix, Facebook, Instagram, movies, music, YouTube, it's filled every waking moment. In fact, before we even go to bed and the first thing we do in the morning, we are spending our lives being entertained or rather being distracted. And the massive advancement of entertainment, it was sparked by the beginning of the digital age that began in 2007. 2007 was the moment that changed the world. Why? Well, because of a man named Steve Jobs released the very first iPhone. He created a computer that you can carry in your pocket at all times, where AI is now symbiotic with our very bodies, our arm, where it's always attached. Not only that, 2007 was the year that Facebook was open to the public, it was the year that Twitter began, and it was the introduction of the cloud in which we know, and also the introduction of the app store, not to mention the massive technological breakthroughs that happened that time. In life pre-2007, none of us can imagine and remember what it was like to ever have, not have a smartphone or access to Wi-Fi, that we could never imagine what that was like. A recent study found that the average iPhone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day. A recent survey in Ireland, and this was pre-COVID, right, so you can imagine that it's more dramatic increase now, that the average person spends up to four and a half hours a day on their phone the average in fact the average person spends two hours alone on social media a day and approximately one and a half hours on netflix a day and we wonder where our time has gone not only has it been filled with consumerism the need for thing the need for stuff it's been also filled with entertainment And all of these tech companies and these advertisement companies and these marketing companies, they have one sole purpose and one sole mission, and that is this. How do we consume as much of your time and conscious attention as possible? There are literally thousands of apps and devices intentionally engineered to steal your attention and in turn your money, which forces you to work more, sleep less, rest less, enjoy less, and stress more. Now, I would say to you that this is not normal. It's not normal. It's not sustainable. We just started off at the very beginning with just work or sleep, work, and home. That alone is is hard to deal with. Then we fill it with consumers, and we fill it with entertainment, and we step back, and we wonder, and we ask the question, why am i so tired and stressed and busy and anxious this is just a typical average day of a typical average person full packed no room no margin i would be so bold to say that this is not working in fact this is not normal It's not effective. It's not how we should be living our lives. This way is not working. Where we're overworked, overwhelmed, stressed out, busier than ever, experiencing more mental illness where it is the number one disease in the world, Talk about a global pandemic, not only that where our children as young as seven years old are needing to be medicated because of the anxiety that is coming from the bombardment that is wanting their attention and the stress and the pressure. This is not not only affecting us mentally, physically, emotionally, but our spiritual lives have become depleted so much so that it is the last priority in our lives. With the value of worship and prayer and reflection and silence and solitude and relationship with Jesus and being in community with others and reading the Bible has been replaced with consumerism and entertainment. Now, this is not to make us feel guilty, but rather it's to come to the realization that this is not healthy. This is not the life. In in the way that we should be living. We need change. We need change. We've become so distracted by distraction. Spending our days desiring more things or what others have. And we're sacrificing our joy and our peace and our time and our love just to get it. So no, normal isn't working. We have to find another way. A way that works. A way that is filled with grace and love and peace and rest. And I believe that that way is only found in Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the way. Now, for all of us, you know, we look at TED conferences and TED speakers and we'll look at famous gurus and we'll even look at And the fundamentals of Buddhism and meditation and mindfulness, to be able to find the answers, well, we will never find the answers in these things. We can only find the answer in Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. He is the truth that we need. He is the life that we need. And Jesus says, in the midst of all this, Jesus says, come to me. Draw close to me. He says, leave where you are. Remove yourself from the busyness, the pressure, the demands of work and life and come and be with me. This is a personal invitation from Jesus. You have been invited. You have been invited by Jesus himself to leave where you are so that you may be with him. To trust in him. To talk to him. To bring your worries and concerns to him. To listen to him. To experience intimacy with him. And he says... All you who are weary and burdened. To be weary is to be exhausted, worn out, struggling to have energy or endurance where you're just feeling shattered and and, and frazzled, where we have more things to do and, and more things to get and more more stuff that we need in our life than there is time enough to be. Stressed, busy, exhausted. Is this how you're feeling today? The message translation says, Are you tired? Worn out, burnt out on religion, the way of man, the way of the world. Doesn't that feel like all of us right now? He says, come to me get away with me. Remove yourself from the busyness. Take some time out. Step out for a moment. Come away from this madness of the life. You see, before we look at, and which we will in these next few weeks, we look at the healthy practices and principles that we need to adopt for our life in order to follow the way that is Jesus and to, to have a rhythm of rest. And, and we're going to explore that over the next few weeks. But before we do that, we must first unplug, detox, cease, stop, turn off. And I'm preaching to myself I need this more than anyone else. I struggle to find calm for my anxious mind. I struggle to find a moment of silence in the madness to switch off. I need this just as much as anyone else, especially in the strain of this season and this situation where it feels like a constant bombardment. I need help with this. I need to be freed from the constant noise, distraction, worry, fear, and anxiety. Because the stress that I experience from the busyness of life, you know what it will do to me? Is it will cause me to turn to something or someone who is not healthy if I don't first turn to Jesus. You see, many many turn to alcohol or to drugs or to medication just to be able to numb the noise. Many turn to porn or being adulterous or premarital sex just to relieve the tension. Many turn to more distraction, more entertainment, more consumerism. The question I want to ask you is where will you turn? Where will you choose to turn first? I choose to turn to Jesus. I choose to come to him because I need him. I need more of him. I need to get rid of this stuff, get rid of all of this stuff, terrible time that I'm spending on, on these things to focus my, on my rest and my sleep. Yes, to be fulfilled in my work and to spend the rest of my time enjoying my life, my family, my friends, my relationships. That's what I want for my life. And Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me. Remove yourself from this so that you can be with him. Where He will fill our lives with energy and endurance and vitality when we rest in Him. In fact, the message translation of verse 29 says, "What happens when we turn to Jesus? Says, "You'll recover your life. and I'll show you how to take a real rest. I'll give you rest." The amplified version says it like this: "I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. To rest is to cease from all movement. So that you can recollect and refresh yourself. It is to cease and to stop so that you can regain strength. To rest is to pause. It's to stop. It's to be quiet. To cease in engaging in any stressful or strenuous activity. To rest is to have an interval of silence. Even in the midst of madness. And here's what happens. In the midst of our time and our work and our home and our life, and yes, whether that's consumerism and enjoying good things and enjoying good entertainment, what happens when we remove ourselves from the world and we turn to Jesus? We haven't practiced this, so I'm really hoping that this works. We become filled with Jesus. And now it's not just about that these things are the enemy, but what happens is our very life, Becomes filled with Jesus Christ. We're now where we can experience rest even in the chaos. We're where we can experience silence even in the madness. And where we can experience Jesus in our life when we place Him first, when He is our priority. Now we're full of Jesus and we're able to approach the rest of the world. We're able to get a healthy balance because Jesus is first and everything is secondary. When our lives are filled with Jesus, we become consumed by Him rather than being consumed by the world. Where you remove yourself from the world to come to Jesus and you experience His rest. And here's what I want you to do. Here's Here's what I want you to do this week, every single day, until we come back next week and we look at the practices that we can put into our our daily lives and that we can apply to ourselves. Here's what I want to do. I want you to find a time to remove yourself, to switch off your phone. Maybe you got to put your earphones in. Maybe you got to get up 30 minutes before everyone else wakes up in the house, before you got to get going to work. Maybe it's 30 minutes before you go to bed in your, your nightly routine. Maybe it's just finding a space in the middle of the day and I want you to grab a journal, or a piece of paper, not an iPad, a computer, or a phone, something that's not going to take your attention away. And I want you to write down and say these words, Jesus, I'm coming to you. I need you. I'm removing myself from everything else, and I want to find rest in you. And put the timer on, sit back, and allow him to fill your life with rest. I'm telling you, It works. And then you're able to approach your day. You're able to approach your responsibilities, your work, your home. And now you're doing it filled with Jesus, filled with his love, filled with his grace. You're not going to be as stressed out, reacting all the time, feeling burnt out, but now you're going to come to a place where you're going to be able to make wise decisions because you're being led by Jesus because he is first, he is number one, and he is the priority in your life. You see, the answer is not to be permanently removed from the world. To be anti-entertainment, anti-consumerism. I'm, I'm deleting my Netflix. I'm throwing away my phone. That's not the answer. The answer is to replace those things as priorities. And to place Jesus as first. To place him as priority. Next week, we're going to be looking at how we can practice this to become a more permanent place in our lives, but first we need to remove from the busyness, the stress, the madness to spend time with Jesus. To be filled with him and say yes to his invitation. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Hey, would you just close your eyes with me for a moment? And let's take a moment of rest and peace and silence. I'm going to ask that you repeat these words after me. It's a prayer together. You say, Jesus, I need you. I'm drowning. I'm suffocating. I'm struggling with the madness that has become my life. I want to find my rest in you. Will you fill my life? Lead my life? Forgive me. Heal me. And help me to follow you. And to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have if you prayed that prayer for the first time, we'd love to help you and invite you to Next Steps, which is a monthly Zoom that happens with myself and some of our team, just to hear your story and hear how we can help you and get you plugged into the church and to help you to follow Jesus throughout your life. Right now, we're gonna worship to one more song. I encourage you, this week, remove yourself, so that you can receive rest from Jesus. I pray for every single person right now, God, that we would take this, that we would apply it, and this will become a part of the fabric of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.